folks, it's Tabby from Modern Life Pod. We're here with another episode for you. Stacy and Sam are going to talk about um, what it's like working in the restaurant industry. I just have one correction to make from last week. That was the Sense and Sensibility podcast where I had said that I could not get into any modern adaptations of Emma. Two hours later, I remembered Emma Approved, which is um, a YouTube series I've actually seen twice. It's fun, it's colorful, it's got lots of great actors, and it's professionally produced. So you can check that out anytime on YouTube. Just wanted to give them a shout out and hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for that correction, Tubby, and welcome everyone to another episode of Modern Life. Hope you're all doing well. My name is Sam, and I'm here with... Stacy. How are you, Stacy? I'm doing super. By the way, if you have not listened to the earlier episodes, Stacy is my girlfriend. I am her boyfriend, just to give you guys a little heads up in case we get a little bantery later on. <laughs> Which we sometimes do. <laughs> Um, anyways, today um, we want to talk about restaurants, and it's going to be a little bit all over the place. To give you guys a little bit of a background, Stacy and I both work in the restaurant industry, actually in the same restaurant here in Los Angeles. Um, she's a server, I'm a bartender, and you know, I think we both have kind of a love-hate relationship with the restaurant industry. I think more love than hate, would that be correct? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it since I was 19, and I've stuck with it, so obviously I love something about it. Yeah, and I mean, we love, I mean, we're, we're fatties at heart, I think. We love to go out and eat, we love to drink, and as much as some days working in the restaurant industry are pain in the ass, I think ultimately we both enjoy it. I, I love people. I love talking to people. I love, you know... Just going that extra mile to bring somebody a smile on their face, which you can do in your day-to-day basis, but this gives you kind of direct contact with a wide variety of people to uh, bring a smile to. So, Just want to bring a smile to Oh, I know. It's face. cheesy. <laughs> Remember, I was in management for a really long time. Um, but as I said, we want to cover kind of a broad range of topics, everything from kind of what we think not only customers can improve upon when they go to a restaurant, but also what service can improve upon. And also we're going to talk about kind of where the restaurant industry is heading because I don't know, I can't think of another time in history, maybe there has been, but there's a lot of changes going on in the restaurant industry. And I don't know if anyone really knows where things are going, or maybe it's just going to be a mix of a bunch of different things. So we're kind of going to dive into all of that. But we want to start with some things. We made a little list here, um, and I don't know what's on your list, Stacy, but we wanted to name some things that customers can do better or maybe they should know about, but also some things that servers can do better. I mean, do you have something off the top of your head you want to start with? I'm going to start with my biggest pet peeve, and then I'm going to go into something a little bit more something we could do is better as a, as a, as servers or of the industry. Um, my biggest pet peeve is when you go to a restaurant and you order highest price steak, the highest priced, whatever, but then you forget that at the end you still have to take care of your server. Mm-hmm. Drives me insane. I'm right. like, you ordered the second beer, but you don't have enough to tip. Right. It's, or you ordered the hundred dollar steak, and steak you but you don't tip. have enough to tip. And it's like, I'm all about, people going out and being able to like experience something that maybe they can't experience on a daily basis because it's a special occasion and they're celebrating. Mm-hmm. But I just, I have children, you know what I mean? And I'm a server. I got to put like, food on the table. I got to put food on the table for my kids too, you know? <laughs> so it's just like, I, I, I want people to be aware that the people that are serving you have lives too, and they have bills to pay too. And just, I th- I feel like some people forget that. Like, they feel like... Well, I think it's a weird, I don't know, what's the right word, dichotomy? I mean, where it's, as a server, I mean, as you said earlier, there is that satisfaction in, like, making someone's day and, like, giving them great service. And there is, it does fulfill you in some way, but 
on the other hand, you're also getting paid for it. So it's kind of you get you're in like you're dipping your toe into two worlds, right? Like one's financial and one's yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I get that there are some people that like really take the extra. Like I said, if you're coming in and you're ordering a steak to split and you you know, and you're like really like focusing on every dollar yeah. you spend, and then you leave me a fifteen percent tip, right. I'm cool. Right. Because I can tell that you did your best to maneuver right. the money that you had sure. into like giving the best. But this is the problem I have is when you go over and above and get that bill way up there and then like five percent. Right. And I'm oh, like, no, dude, totally. like it, it this is the thing. I take a lot of pride in what I do. It's it may seem stupid to some people. Yeah, it's five you know, it's an hour of someone's time, but I take a lot of pride in it. Right. So when I try and like give that extra step of service. Like I'm not the one that's forgetting to crumb the table. I'm right. not the one that doesn't make it, that lets you go with your drink empty for five minutes. Which we should, we should say, um, <laughs> we work in a fine dining steakhouse. You know, <laughs> if, uh, I, <laughs> you're like not every restaurant crumbs the table. Yeah, I Stacey. know. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, like I said, I, 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 I was in management. I was a general manager for a huge restaurant mm. chain for a very long time. And um, I stepped down because I'm actually going back to school um, to be a dietitian. And, but I still wanted to, you know, I still need to pay the bills. So I, you know, I, I and it's you, you're, it's my well, you're passion too. And, and I love you know doing what you're it. doing within the industry. So yeah, it's, and it's I love paying it. the bills while you're studying and do something else down the road. That's still going to be working with people and doing something similar with food. To so get that's back kind of, on topic, yes. I mean, I think we're all here to have a good time, but at the end of the day, if I'm your server, I'm also here, like, I need to make money. I think maybe some customers forget that. Yeah. But, um, no, that's a good point. What The first thing that was on my list is, I mean, I've worked in restaurants since I was 18, and there always seems to be, like, a sense, and th- this is for servers, um, there seems to be, like, a real sense of entitlement for servers. Yes, <laughs> which is the other spectrum of what I was talking about. Is like, just they this- never... If they don't get the twenty percent tip from a table, it's God forbid it's their fault. You know what I mean? It never is. No, it's always the the <laughs> table. Oh, this fault. table sucks, and I, oh my god, I'm so amazing, and why didn't I get twenty percent tip? And like servers are constantly bitching. Like just just know if you've never worked in the restaurant industry, if you don't tip your server twenty percent, you can pre- I can pretty much guarantee you that they're going to bitch about you and your table once you step out the restaurant doors. <laughs> no no matter what happened, you know. Well, I think that's uh, that's that goes co- like kind of the point kind of coincides with my point based on the fact that it's it works on both ends. You know, you have the server who thinks that they are owed that tip mm-hmm. no matter what service they right. give. And then you have the customer that thinks they're owed the service no matter what they tip. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of this thing when you just got to be an inner, there's got to be a melting point where you realize that like the server needs to realize that you have to go above and beyond for the guest. And the guest needs to realize that if the server goes above and beyond, you mm-hmm. really should probably take care of them because they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Well, and tipping really is a weird thing. And I want to, I'm going to, I have some thoughts on it later that I want to dive into, but as far as some other things that either servers or customers should know, um, I wrote down, if you're a customer in a restaurant, you should really pay attention to your server when they're at your table. And here's what I mean, right? You mean acknowledge them? You mean like look up? I don't even, yes, but that's not exactly what I'm getting at. It's when you order, let's say you have a table of six people, everyone orders, and then the server is repeating that order back to everyone, and everyone's sort of half paying attention. They're just like, yeah, that's what I got. And then the food comes out, and they're like, wait, I didn't order this, or where's this item? Or it's like, I repeated the whole order back to you, and you didn't say anything, but now that the food is here, it's a problem, and it's because you didn't listen when I was at your table, right? Yeah. So that's just something that came to mind when I was making this list. I mean, I think we all run into that as servers. Well, I think that in general, like people in in life, stop paying attention 
to people around them, like when wow, they're going in, deep. Well, I mean, it's just it's like a it's a problem today. Either people are on their phone or they're in deep conversation or right. whatever, but they're never like being in the moment and appreciating or yeah. listening to what's happening at that exact moment. It, like it's something we're all well, working on. There's lots on. of distractions, you know. You're with your you're with your friends. I got my phone down here. The TV at the bar. It's got a game on. There's yeah. Lots well, of if you don't want your upstairs. food messed up, you better pay attention. <laughs> That's just kind of how it rolls. Um, do you want to go next or do you want me to keep going? It doesn't matter. I mean, I, I, one of my biggest pet peeves is um, is the lack of um, awareness of what you're talking about at the table while you're being served. Yeah, as a customer. What do you mean exactly? I mean, like, the conversations that I get the privilege of overhearing, I some see. of them are a little... I mean, like... I'm TMI. like, do you realize that like, I'm, I'm, I'm standing right here? I mean, I get that you guys want to have your full-blown fight, mm-hmm. but like, do you, are you aware that you have someone standing in front of you? Or when you're crying at the table, and I get that there's like certain things that happen, mm-hmm. and like it happens, and I get that. But like, or the inappropriate conversation. I mean, like I said, I work in a fine right. dining steakhouse, so we serve <laughs> like a lot of like industry people. <laughs> if you could be privileged to some of the information that I get exposed to, you'd, you'd understand this this point like i don't want to hear any of it well that that to me it's the same kind of people that can get into like a full-blown fight with someone in the back seat of a cab right yeah like, it's just kind of like there's this person here who serves you and it's just i don't know some, some people get in this mindset of like they don't that, exist yeah that person's kind of here i'm paying them to do a thing and yeah but we're not, they're in, not overhearing we're not, me i don't we're know not, or maybe you just don't care we're not in the 19th century where I'm a servant that I don't hear or speak. Like will, my you, lips are sealed, <laughs> sire. Like it's not gonna happen like that. I'm not gonna react like that. If you say something funny in the middle of me trying not to pay attention to you, I'm not gonna be able to not laugh. Like it's 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 inevitable. Well, and if it's something real messed up, you're gonna tell every single other server in the restaurant of about. Of course. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't I? Wouldn't everybody? I mean, you know that we all do. There's no code of silence here. Well, yeah, no. But I just don't think some people just don't care. There's just no shame, you know? No, I, know. I, I think they really don't think we're listening. Actually, I had you a guest. I, no, I like had a guest actually comment on this. That's why it brought it up to okay. me. Is the guest was like talking about something and they looked up at me and they were like, um, just out of curiosity, like how much inappropriate stuff do you hear? And I said, um, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, well... I try really hard not to, they're like, do you try not to listen? I'm like, mm-hmm. it's inevitable. I'm going to hear. Right. Like, yeah. I wish I could turn my, my ears off, but they, they hear, you know? But but also, I do realize, especially at, I mean, especially at the bar, I mean, you have some people, I feel like it is, spe- the bar especially attracts people talking. I mean, because yeah. for some people, the bartender is like, they're therapists, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I feel like at the bar top, people especially let loose and I kind of also I mean I try obviously I'm going to hear what you're saying at the bar but I don't always you know I try to kind of turn a blind eye to it like if you're in the convert if you're in a private conversation with a friend like I'm going to respect that doesn't mean I don't hear what's going on but I respect it because I think part of coming to a restaurant if you're coming to a restaurant especially if it's one of your favorite restaurants there's a there's a it's like a place of comfort for you right So there is that side too, where it's like I'm comfortable here. I'm paying to be here, and I'm. I mean, this is. I'm going to talk about whatever I want, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I just want to be. I just wish people would be more aware of the surroundings that they're mm-hmm. having. Like maybe pause in the conversation when a kid walks by and you're cussing. You know what I mean? Like not yeah. cussing, but like when you're saying stuff that's like super inappropriate. When you notice like two tables away, there's right. an older couple that might be offend, uh, offended by something that you're saying. Maybe acknowledge that. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I think it's, it's it's a fine line for sure. Like, because you are paying to be there. So where do you draw that line of like being considerate for the people around you? I don't know. I think that that's just... Um, common sense to knowing like okay there's a level in your your conversation where you can talk Mm -hmm. where the rest of the world isn't involved (laughs) and then there's a level that you can talk where everyone's involved in that conversation and there's some people that just don't want to be involved fair enough um next thing on my list was this happens this is probably more of a fine dining thing um but i honest i mean i feel like i've encountered more 
now that I'm working, this is the first fine dining restaurant I've worked at. Um, people getting into serious fights over who pays the bill when the check <laughs> arrives. I mean, it gets like... <laughs> I think that also just has to do with the area we're in. Um, well, that's what I'm saying, though. If you're in a fine dining, yeah, everyone's... You got four people at the table. They all got way too much money. They don't know what to do with it. And it's like, it's a contest. It's it's like a definitely an ego thing when these people it's get into a fight. who's got the bigger penis. Let's just be honest. No, well... Here's Females the, do here's, it too. Here's the funny but thing. It doesn't mean that it's not about that. I'd say nine out of ten tables that where this happens, it's like, yeah, it's all old white guys. But yesterday I actually had three girls at the bar and they were like, yeah. Oh, are you talking about, I know who you're talking about. I think you do. Yeah. And, I mean, they, she comes in all the time and she's like, she works above our restaurant. So she was so offended that I didn't let her pay because she's the one who comes in there all the time and she's the one who brings her friends. But then her friend was the first one to hand me the credit card. And I always say first card wins just for the rule guys, whoever in any restaurant you go into and any city you go into, I've worked in, I've been in this business for a really long time. Whoever hands the server, the first credit card or the host or the bartender, whoever gives the credit card first, no, I, I wouldn't even say the host, because what if you hand the host the card, the host gets busy, forgets to hand me the card, and then someone else at the table actually hands me the card. Mm-mm. No? Whoever hands the first card in is rule, period. Okay, okay. Period. But it's, yeah, I mean, people get into these fights, and I've had some people get mad at me that I don't let them no, pay. I've it's had, like, I've this is between like, you guys. Literally, like, like... You are all grown adults here. Figure it out. Don't 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 make me like break your friendship up over here. All right, you figure. No, it's not even that. It's like they literally like are like sitting me down in the corner, and like here's the deal. Putting the dunce hat on. Your friend got the bill this time. Just get it next time. What's the big deal? I don't. I don't get it. Oh my lord! I I don't get it, and I don't think I ever will. But and if you really care that much about it, then get creative with it because the people that win at this card paying game. Always are the creative ones. They're like, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom, and then they kind of slip me the card yep. on the way to the bathroom. Like, you got to get creative with it. Yeah, and if you're going to be lazy and you're going to wait till the end. I mean, I had a guest Slip's the other day me. get mad at me because I handed them the credit card. Like, I handed them the check, and they grabbed the check. But then the other guy got creative, and he walked to the bathroom mm-hmm. while I was walking away yeah, from the table. Check doesn't count. The card counts. And handed me the card. Yep. And then the other guy got really mad. No, I had the check. I'm like, well, that's, that's it's, right. it's the card. It doesn't matter. <laughs> card in hand, that's all that matters. That's what you need to know. Card in hand, it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I had on my list here is we have a really good happy hour where we work. And what has been happening more frequently is like people want to, they want, like we have six different wines on happy hour and they want to taste like all of them. They want to taste the happy... It's like, dude, it's the happy hour. It's like, you know, it's like less than 10 bucks a glass. Just get the wine. Like, we're really tasting happy hour wine here. It's like, it's only going to... It's happy hour. It's only going to be so good. But then someone a few days ago really topped it. They wanted to know the vintages of all the happy hour wines. (laughs) I swear to God, this happened. (laughs) And this was in the middle of a crazy rush. And not only did she want to know the vintage, she wanted to know what... The youngest wine was. Usually you go with the older wines, right? She wanted the youngest wine. I know people like that. They just I, don't like it. It was a wine. lot of firsts for me. I'd never had anyone ask for vintage for happy hour wine. I'd never ask anyone to give me to give them the youngest wine. I was like, what is happening right now? It was very bizarre. But it's like, yeah, if you're getting a $20 glass of wine, by all means, taste it. But if we're talking like a $5 glass of wine here, for the love of God, stop wasting everyone's time. Just get the damn wine. If you didn't like it, it's five bucks. Who cares? No? Am I crazy? No. I mean, but we're living in a world where people want to make sure that they're spending their money on valuable things. And so... I get it. But I mean, I, I can see it both ways. Like, if I want to... And now, I do think there's a max. Like, if you're going to taste a wine, two. Right? I think two is a good number. Maybe three tops. But you push it to four, and you better you. I mean, that's just a little excessive. Like you're getting like 
an ounce per glass. A glass is usually five to six ounces. You're yeah, basically you getting a, a free glass flight. of wine. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're pushing it. Okay. Two glasses, maybe three tops. And if you're using the three, it better be on an expensive glass of wine. Okay. That's now, just my opinion. I feel like we're battering customers a lot. I do have a <clears> positive <throat> thing for customers to finish out my list. And that is, I think a lot of people are afraid when, if you order something and you don't like it or it didn't come out right, a lot of people are like really scared to speak up and be like, hey, there's something wrong with this. Can I get something else or can you take it off my bill or whatever? Like, I don't ever have a problem when people do that, especially where we work. I mean, oh my God, the last we thing in the a, world yeah. I want is for you to leave unhappy after paying that much money. Like, I, I'm sorry, if you want, if you just tell me, I'll fix it. Like, but we work me. at a steakhouse where. I mean, some steaks are over $100 a pop. So it's like, if you order it medium rare and it comes out well done, I mean, you deserve it to be medium rare. I mean, for the love of God, please tell me. But I don't even, I don't even think it has to do with price point. It's like, you're there, you're paying for a service. And if it's a bad dish or it didn't come out right, like speak up and just say something. I feel like a, a lot of people get like really nervous about that. I think that because they're so scared of being that guest. The thing is, is if you're scared of being that guest, you're not that guest. Yeah, okay? exactly. You're, good point. You're, you're not the guest that's going to complain about their water not having enough ice cubes in it or about, you know, whatever it may be. It, either you're that guest or you're not. So if you're thinking that you're wondering and you're scared if you're that guest... You're fine. Most servers just want to see you have a good time. So if something's wrong, just speak up. It's really not a big deal. Speak up and let us fix it. Speak! Let us fix it. Because we want you to leave happy because the last thing we want is for you to come back with a Yelp or something along those lines where you didn't speak up Mm -hmm. and you left and you... Well, actually, not even talking about Yelp. Pass that off. But just... (laughs) The fact that you That's left. That's another podcast. Just Yelp. the fact that you yell, you left, and you didn't, and you're not going to come back. Then we didn't do our job. We didn't ensure everything was perfect. But then, and for us that, uh, like, for those servers mm, that really take the pride in that, that hurts. The other side of that coin is if you don't like something and you do plan on sending it back, stop eating the damn dish. Don't eat the whole thing and then say because this happened to me the other day as well. They ate the whole thing. They're like, I actually didn't like this. And they were regular. It comes in all the time. They never complained. So it wasn't a big deal. But we still told them, well, next time you don't like it, just... I I can beat that. Eating it, telling me they don't like it, and not letting me fix it. Oh, yeah. That's That that drives me absolutely insane. If you don't want me to fix it, then don't tell me. Yeah. um, No, always tell me. (laughs) I always want you to tell me. Tell me everything. But let me fix it. Everything. If you don't like... Whatever I brought out for you or suggested for you or whatever, tell me and I'll fix it. I don't care. I mean, I care about the cost, but ultimately I want you to come back. So I'd rather have you be happy and come back and spend more money than leave the restaurant and never come back and spend any money because that doesn't do anything for my sales in the future. I do want to move on because we've already spent over 20 minutes on this list. But little bonus thing, if you bring in your damn quote-unquote service dog to the restaurant leave them on the floor don't put them on the seat and don't let them eat off the damn table okay because it's not correct it's also against health code i'm just going to leave it at that i'm not going to talk about one more thing on a positive note for the for the the staff the staff needs to like one of my biggest pet peeves is the staff like talking too loud in the restaurant where the guests can hear them Mm. like pull that shit back don't bring your stuff (laughs) into the restaurant like leave your stuff at the door I don't care how you're feeling. I don't care if you're like, dog just died. Like, maybe this is me being insensitive, but this is a job and it's supposed to be professional. And you need to bring that professionalism to the job because we are actually, it is a business. So that's. All right. Another thing I want to talk about is current trends within the restaurant industry that we either like or we dislike. And I'm going to start us off here. Because this is a thing that really pisses me off when I have to spend my hard-earned money on this. Is going to a restaurant. Well, we, we went to a restaurant a few months ago. I don't want to call them out, but it was here in Los Angeles. And the menu said, what was it, I, think, I believe it was a New York steak with roasted potatoes. I'm like, it was like it 50. Was, I don't think it was a New York, actually. It was a uh, it flank was, steak. It was a flank. Like that, yeah. You're right. It was a flank. Um, 
That's all it said on the menu description. It was like $60, I believe. I'm like, okay. You know, it was like one of those rare times where we go out to an expensive place. I mean, it's not like we can afford to do that all the time. Um, but I'm like, that sounds great. I hadn't had steak in a while. Let me get it. And then the food comes out. And it was three slices of steak with like five potatoes. Like I didn't even get the whole steak. And my, like my heart just sank. I'm like, what the hell? Like, is this what is going on here? This is the thing I get. And this is something we're going to talk about pretty extensively in terms of like the where we are in the restaurant business. But the restaurant business, like minimum wage is killing us right now. Um with, and, that's something we're going to talk I know, about later. And we're going to talk about it later, mm-hmm. but I, I want to point it out because what's happening is restaurants are having a hard time deciding how to cut costs. So some of them are just raising prices. Some of them are minimizing portion sizes. Some are doing both. Some are raising prices and minimizing portion sizes. Some are cutting staff. Some are cutting, you know, everybody's trying to figure out the way around to like still make the profit that there's a slim profit already in California. Sure. Well, es- well, especially in big cities, we're here in Los Angeles, but I know this is happening all over. Yeah. But LA Seattle, is actually, New York. Yeah. actually LA and New York are probably like the most um, hard hit because they're like jumping the minimum wage up so it's high. Actually happening. It's happening in a lot of big cities it's, like yeah, Washington. It's a big I, deal I've, right I've already now. looked it all yep. up. So I, I'm like right there with regardless. But the point is, is that like you need to make smart decisions as a business owner and to sit there and cut your portioning sizes, but still keep your price at the same price point. Let me tell you, that's a bad idea. Okay. If I don't get full off your food, then I'm going to leave unsatisfied. Well, don't, don't tell me it's, don't, don't say flank steak if it's not a whole flank steak. Then say half a flank steak, four ounces of flank steak. I mean, if you just write flank steak, I'm going to expect the whole steak. Am I crazy? Well, you also come from a steakhouse that over portions. No, so- I've, I, no I'm, I'm just coming from a standpoint of what's written well, on I the think menu. That what- I think that the important part is is that when you're writing about a steak, it's important that you realize what people expect when they get a steak. And overall, people expect a six-ounce portion or more. And if it's less than six ounces, you need to stay it. And there are certain steaks that are expected that. that. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, on average, like, a filet is six to eight ounces. You know what I mean? If you order a bigger filet, it's going to say it on there, like, what the portion size is. But it's really important that when you're talking about steak, when you're setting up your menu, you better put the ounces on there. Because people's expectation of what steaks are, it's so bigger than you're ever going to be able to put on there. So you might as well just put the ounces on there. That's my opinion. I just, I mean... If you're going to have roasted chicken on the menu, you either say roasted chicken or half roasted chicken, right? It's like, but you're not getting a quarter of a roasted chicken without it. It's just, it just, especially when you're spending that much money, it just really kind of rubs me the wrong way. And we haven't gone back since. Um, And we won't ever go back to that restaurant, actually. But just, you know, I don't don't know that it's a trend. It doesn't seem to be a huge trend, but it seems to kind of pop up here and there. And just these tiny, tiny food portions for a premium price. If your food is a pop, like is a tapas, then list it as a tapas. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not saying that I'm actually expecting, I don't eat a lot in one portion size. So if I'm expecting a portion size that's going to fill me up, I'm not actually expecting Mm -hmm. an 18 ounce ribeye. I am expecting... At least six to eight ounces yeah. of of a, of a protein. I am expecting, you know, a considerable size vegetable and a potato to go a along vegetable. with it. Well, I mean, it should be what would fill me up. Sure. Um, what's another What's another trend you have on your mind? Um, you go uh, again, and then I'll do mine next. Sounds good. Um, there's a lot of integration with technology that's finally catching up with the restaurant industry. Um, things like ordering with the, I mean, you, you see it with some, you know, a lot of McDonald's are taking it on a lot of fast food places where you walk in, you don't even, you don't even order with a real person anymore. You're ordering off the touchscreen, but I'm actually, uh, I have seen it with a few restaurants around here. Um, there's one, there's one restaurant. It's not really a chain, but they have a few locations around Southern California. It's called stacked. It's sort of like a gastropub. 
And yeah, there's just there's you sit down at the table and there's a tablet at the table and you order through that and it's not a fast food place. It's just a regular restaurant, but um I think we were like at Applebee's half a year ago or something. They had a There's a couple too. chains actually that are going toward that right now um, to try and fight them, like the minimum wage increase. Um, Applebee's. Um, oh, God. What, there, there's several actually. The thing is, so it's kind of, it's hit and miss for me, this trend, because I think it, you are going to start seeing it more and more kind of that technology is getting more and more integrated with restaurants and just kind of. Well, up yeah, but I like. I feel like they're even going too far though. There's like restaurants that are now like making the kitchen more. Like some of the fast food restaurants mm. are actually making the like. Actually, I think there's a coffee chain where it's like big in Seattle where they're they're using like it's all mechanical like to make the drinks and mm. it's like there's there's an art to making food and precision is not the art. You know what I mean? There is like like a give right. of human love that has to go into food. And that's what I'm saying. It's kind of hit and miss for me because I do, I love technology and I'm always kind of the guy in the family helping everyone out with their phones and their laptops and everything. I, I have a huge place in my heart for technology. On the other hand, when, when you go into a restaurant and there isn't that human touch and you're just kind of ordering off a tablet... I don't know. I don't. I can't really put my finger on it what it is, but it just doesn't really do it for me at if, all. If I was going to go into a restaurant and not want the actual interaction, I would just order off my phone and have it delivered to my house. I, th- I think it works. Like taking, you know, a place like Chipotle or something. I think it would work great for something like that. But if I'm going into kind of a more traditional style restaurant, I think I do want that server there, and it's just kind of just makes everything a little more comfortable and more homey. Well, I think that people go into a restaurant for interaction. If you wanted to be home, your own yeah. thing, like you you stay home. Like if you want to go into a restaurant, like you want the interaction with the server. You want like people at least from the experience that I have, people go into a restaurant based on the people that work there. Mm. And then there's an extent that go in there based on the food. There's an extent that go in there. But most people that come in, you know, that that come in and the restaurant that I worked at before this one um, was a little bit of a lower price restaurant. And, um, you know, we had more regulars than I've ever seen ever in a restaurant. And people went there specifically because it became their home. Mm. You know, it, they didn't want to be home by themselves, so they came into the restaurant, and then everyone in the restaurant knew them, and they and they got there. You have to create that, and I mm-hmm. feel like this whole one it depletes jobs, which isn't that the whole point of raising minimum wage is to like right. increase like um, people's li- better people's lives. Well, if you're minimizing jobs, then how is that increasing people's lives? Like, right. please explain how that's fixing the problem. Well, it- Again, it's it's a, such a controversial issue, um, which we will try to sort of tackle later in the podcast. But in, in case you're not kind of following the whole minimum wage thing, is is a lot of if if you're a tipped worker in the U.S., the, there's a there's a minimum wage, and then there's a federal minimum wage, and there's a federal minimum wage for tipped workers, and the federal minimum wage for tipped workers is considerably lower because you're getting tips and it's supposed to make up to get you to or above the minimum wage. In some states. And then there are states that have always not been a not, like have never had this Right, tipped. and it's, I think it's so different from state to state. But what's happening in, I mean, in Cal- California is probably the biggest one, but I know it's happening in New York. Well, New York, they're... happening they're, in Washington. They're eliminating... I mean, Washington, D.C., They're eliminating say. this tipped, this, like the server tip wage basically and bring everyone to a minimum wage right so everyone's at the same minimum wage if you're in the l in the city boundary of la doesn't matter what your job is the minimum wage eventually is going to be 15 dollars an hour so that's a lot to pay especially in the restaurant industry and so that's why a lot of this you know computer touchscreen ordering stuff it's getting integrated because it's, it saves a lot of labor. People, it's like going to the self-checkout at the grocery store, you know. It's, you, can, you can keep the prices competitive um, and, you know, keep everything kind of the same, but, it, you know, people are ordering at the touchscreen instead of at the counter with the person. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I want to I want to dive into that tip thing later because it's just I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. Um, getting back to trends, one thing that I'm absolutely in love with, and I think you'll agree with this, is just and this has been happening the last few years, just this comeback of old school everything. If if you're looking at a lot of new restaurants, it's a very kind of rustic, minimalist design, which I absolutely love. But just as a bartender thinking about drinks specifically, I mean, all these, I mean, whiskey's had a huge comeback in the last few years and all these old school comebacks. I mean, we I, went from like fluffy to like getting back to like. Yeah, it went from the, like the, flavored vodka, like every flavor of vodka to all of a sudden now we're into whiskeys and it's kind of gin has taken over as the new trend. But but, it, but the key is that it, it's about fresh ingredients and fresh and it, it has to do with what I was going to bring up as my next point, mm-hmm. which was sourced locally and like fresh ingredients and like this new twist with food where people are concerned about what they're eating and right. I'm not talking about putting I'm not talking about putting the calorie count on everything I'm talking about where they're sourcing it from and like um, having things that are over processed versus having things that are made fresh in house and cocktails has a huge part of that in terms of like minimalist and mm-hmm. going back to good ingredients rather than I'm gonna Though put this I don't know syrup. that caring where your stuff comes from is like, is exactly old school I was no, kind of just thinking more about like all these old school I think drinks. they all tie together though okay. because they kind of coincide. You sure. know what I mean? Like it, just old school. Caring. Yeah. Old school was always about precision and like you had this and that and like it was it was about the, the vodka versus what you put into and it. I think it's just, just a general knowledge of all those old drinks coming back because I mean I can remember five years ago it was impossible to get like a good old fashioned at a bar, it would even oh, it would be too horrible. boozy or it'd be way too sweet. And it's like now you go to like your average gastropub, and it's I mean most of them are going to be able to make you something like a good old fashioned or Manhattan. Like just just everyone's knowledge of these old school drinks getting refreshed. I just I love that whole trend, and I there's so many more old school cocktails that I think are going to just get revived because there's so many more to tackle besides those two. Um, you know, something like a Martinez or, I mean, I don't know. A Sazerac. Yeah, a Sazerac, exactly. I mean, there's just so many. And I just, I love that so many bars I'm going to. Cause I, I, I feel l- like we went through a trend where we were trying to um, make new drinks. And now we're going through a trend where we're trying to re like reboot old drinks rebooting them and putting like a modern twist on yeah and like using that's what I'm saying like using fresher ingredients and like I don't know I I think that the trends are definitely I like I used to not be able to order off the drink list ever at a restaurant now Mm -hmm. I find that like there's at least two drinks that I can drink right and I'm more of a traditionalist so right or even some even a drink like a Mai Tai which traditionally doesn't have that many ingredients over time has just all of a sudden you're getting Mai Tais with like 10 different ingredients in it. That's like not an original Mai Tai, you know? Yeah. And so scaling that back, going back to the roots, putting like a slight modern twist on it. Because um, I... And another thing that's kind of make... I mean, I feel like Tiki Bars are kind of making a comeback a little bit. Oh, they're totally making and a I comeback. Am, I am so the opposite crowd of a Tiki Bar. I yeah, think but I feel, like, I, I, I feel like the new Tiki Twist is not... Sugar. No, and I I respect the tiki, but it's just yeah, but yeah, but what I'm saying is is that I feel like the new twist is not. I feel like tiki bars, in the past, have always been like, oh my god, their drinks are so sugary, I can't even have one sip. But I feel like the new tiki twist is kind of centered more on like more natural ingredients being encumbered and like real fresh fruit, and like I feel like it depletes the sugar which is a bit. nice but that's not the, oh it's still not the my whole style but it's not just... even my problem with the, my whole problem with tiki is it's just it's just way too much like half half the tiki drinks have ever been to a tiki bar they get served in these ridiculous you don't just get the drink in a glass it comes in some ridiculous the cups are pretty a, a thing shaped like a volcano and it's on fire and here's your drink with like a 10 inch straw and it's just like way too much well, I'm I personally like much I, more of a scaled back person I, I feel like there has to be the extremes if we're gonna take out the mids that's fine and that's kind of where we're going right now we're like said, we're like we're going to tiki, like the mid and we're going to this and you, you know, gotta kind of like realize the there's bar. no 
No. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've been to one my entire life. But I do, I like that it's, you know, anything old school making a comeback, I'm all for. So. Wait, you want to talk about that restaurant you, you sound tiki. that's about oh to open God. on? I know you want to talk about it, so I'm just going to bring it up. Well, because I don't want to just talk about that specifically. So here in L.A. at the Union Station, which is absolutely just a gorgeous place. They're opening a new uh, restaurant there. Actually, next week, I believe it is. It's uh, some beer company. I forget. Something West Beer Company. They're opening this ginormous restaurant. And um, you should Google this because it might be one of the most beautiful restaurants I've ever seen. Where It's just completely like 19, I don't know, like 1950s, 1940s kind of retro style. And I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. And it's just this grand restaurant. And it's all about the details. Like, it, you, I feel you like just we don't lose see that restaurants this size anymore. You know well, I mean? it's not even just the size, and I don't even care about the size. It's just the details that go into it. Like the tables are games. The you know what I mean? Like have like chessboard imprinted on it or backgammon board, but it's just it's not even that. It's it's not cookie cutter. You know what I mean? <laughs> like most restaurants you walk into, and you're going to stay in the same decor in at least five other restaurants, or you're going to go to their rest their menus, and you're going to see the same five. Many, the same mm. five items that are on the next six restaurants you go to. It's very like everybody's copying from each other. And right now, what I think is most interesting is that restaurants are like starting to be innovative. They're trying mm. to be different. Um, I think a lot of it has to play with it, like social media and like giving them something to take a picture of because if they have the same right, well, item, that's a, that's a huge thing. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like that's that's Unicorn what I think frappuccino. is yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> I, I know it's stupid, but like. <laughs> cafe like art you know what i mean it's so stupid but at the same time it's like that little extra care mm. you know what i mean and it it it's a way of social like marketing yourself just by taking that time and that didn't used to be there there didn't used to be a self-marketing within your own food yeah and that seems to be now like the biggest pull like how can i make my food look beautiful and at the sure. same time be taste full enough right. for people to want to post about it. So there's this whole like pull onto the same thing with my restaurant design. How can I be different from the next right. place and still be classy so that people want to be seen in a picture there? It makes people like focus on not being super cookie cutter and like everybody looking the same, which I feel like we went through a really big era of like every restaurant had the same look. And like even you know what's hilarious is one of the things that are coming into one of the things that are coming into play again is like uh grandma wallpaper i know it sounds stupid <laughs> but it's true going totally off restaurant well no but that no i'm talking about in restaurants right. it's like a new oh, trend in I no i actually have researched this and uh we watched this show called making it and we've actually done have we, we done? did a podcast on, on it, it. Go check it and out. um in that show, she, like, used, like, grandma wallpaper. And so I looked it up. And, like, grandma wallpaper is becoming, like, a thing in restaurants. Um, and, like, restaurants are using it because it's Instagram friendly. Like, it's something to take a picture behind that, like, mm. makes you stand out from the rest of the places. No, but I'm glad you brought up that restaurant. Is it, wait, is it Union Station or Grand Central Station? What's it called? I think it's Union It's Union it's Station. It's Union Station, yeah. right? Okay. That's right. It's Grand, Grand Central, Central Market. Grand Central is New York. Grand Central Mar Market. Market in LA and then there's Union Station. So yeah. No, I'm glad you brought that up because the more I, I looked into it and I, I'm originally from, I grew up in Colorado right outside of Denver and Denver has completely transformed like in the last four years. And there's a Union Station there, which was just this rundown. I mean, there wasn't really trains going by anymore or anything like that. And there wasn't really much inside and they just poured millions of dollars into it over the last few years. And it's, it is similar to the one in LA here now where it's it's this huge open space um there's all these restaurants it's like this ginormous community space I'm, like I think they poured over 10 million dollars into it and I I think as much as we get kind of isolated with technology there is this kind of push to make these really big I mean really big community spaces like these Union Stations or like a Grand Central Market because I know they just built a giant new Grand Central Market in Denver as well. I mean there is well, – people do go for that. The thing is is that they want – like if you're going to take technology and put it out there, they still want the interaction. So 
we're also going into like, I mean, Grand Central Station and the push on that is to get people to want to ride the train and to... You envir- mean Union Station? Yeah, like it, people want to be environmentally smart and, they, and, the, and, the govern- and the government wants us to be smart as well. So, of course, what are they going to pour money into? They're going to pour money into getting you to ride the train and how do you do that? You make it a social event. But I don't, I mean, I think it's a lot of just private investors pouring money into these things. I don't even know that. Well, it's I the think government. that overall it has to do with just people wanting, the, it's what the people want. It's also what the, like, the companies want right. because it's smart. Well, it's smart because you can have, you can put a bunch of different businesses inside of there. They all share the cost of paying the rent, basically. Um, it's good, especially for small businesses because they can just get like a small little space within those communities. Um, and then there's also, I think, people like kind of if you're in a union station that's been, I mean, that's kind of historic. I mean, I think people are attracted to that, too, kind of like sitting oh, in this history. Oh, love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do just kind of see that being a trend, and I do like that. Yeah. I mean, it's always fun to go to those kind of places. Um, do you have any other trends you got on your mind, or you want to move on? Um. I just like the whole. Um, I like the whole going back to our roots kind of thing that we've been doing. Back to my roots. Um, I really like street food. I like how people are focusing on the ingredients. Um, it's probably the most important thing I think trend wise. I used mm-hmm. to go into a restaurant and have no idea what I was eating, and I feel right. like the fact that they're like starting to pay attention and like really focus on what's in the food. You know, I, like I said, I'm going, I'm going to school to be a dietitian. So of course, like mm-hmm. I care about that stuff. So, and I feel like a lot of people are starting to care about that. So, um, I think it's important. And I think that what's pushing those envelopes is the, um, food trucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing we haven't even mentioned. But yeah. But- I think together with all these restaurants and all these food trucks that are out there we are kind of in like a golden age of food i mean fusion everything and like going to like new cuts of meat to like handmade condiments like you know there was a day when you went into a restaurant and it was like you got vegan you got like mayonnaise on your sandwich it wasn't like veganese there wasn't sriracha you know there wasn't all these creations of like things that are going on the salad to make Mm -hmm. them unique and like there's a really big focus on like house made condiments rather than stuff that you buy in the store because people are looking to save costs and as much as you can save costs is not buying commercialized products so um one of the things that's that's happening with that is looking for locally sourced looking for Mm -hmm. Um, what's the next herb that's going to to push us forward? That's maybe not hot right now, and what's not the next hottest herb. Yeah, well, it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I I really like the innovation that's mm-hmm. going on with food right now. I think it's essential, um, and I think it needed to happen because I think we were kind of in a stalemate for well, a while. Well, I like that you say innovation because it's not just innovation of food. I think there's a giant innovation of how. What is the restaurant business model? Because that's kind of wanted to talk. I want to talk to you about that next because I talked to you about like where are restaurants going, and then kind of tie that in with what's going on with tipping in this country. But um, I mean, I, th- I think the days of there, there there isn't just like one type of restaurant anymore where it's just. You walk in and there's your server and you just kind of know what to expect, right? I mean, you have, as we said, there's food trucks, you have your fast food, you have your kind of the small, small restaurants that are just starting up and they have to compete with everyone else. And if you're in an area with high labor, the way to do that is you try to, you know, you try to reduce on labor. Actually, uh, I hate to tell you this, but um, most states are not taxing the individual they're not uh increasing the minimum wage the same as they are for corporate restaurants so restaurants with more than if you have a certain number of employees employees so if you're a smaller place and you can get away with running with minimal labor you don't get the same minimum wage the thing is if you're a small place and you're in a big area like here in la you still have all that rent to pay and i just i just feel like there's a lot of innovation out there in restaurant business models so for example there's this one place out here in la and i found out about them because i love to watch shark tank and they were on shark tank it was this place called every table and they have 
about six locations around LA and they're trying to go, you know, national, which is why they were on Shark Tank. But their whole concept is is that they have these locations, they have like six or seven locations, but they only have one central kitchen and everything gets made fresh every single day, but then it gets shipped out to all these stores, like every, I mean, I don't know, once or twice a day and everything's fresh and it's just kind of like, they have a few different meals you can choose from and everything's kind of grab and go, right? So that's kind of one... I just feel like there's a there's a lot of innovation happening with that kind of thing where yeah there's a new place that's been opening up in like areas where they charge I, I forget what the name is of the place but it was they opened up in like Watts and like a couple other places where they're doing um, going back to like I don't know if you've ever I, I I'm a huge old movie buff so like there was a mm-hmm. couple like I think it's Pillow Talk where she goes into like this this place and you can like basically you put a dollar in and you get a food item mm-hmm. not like the like the we have today where you go right. in, but it was like made by a cook and they like packaged it and put it in the thing well they're actually going back to that in a couple different sources where mm-hmm. they're um you know and they're doing it in different areas and they're saying that the prices are not going to be the same in the different areas because we're going to charge the watts people what mm-hmm. they can afford we're going to charge the santa monica people what they can afford we're going right. char- to wh- wherever you know la well, San this Fernando. place every table is actually doing that too it's if they have a location in santa monica where the prices are more expensive but then they have a place in Compton where it's the exact same. I wonder same, if we're talking about the same maybe place. Maybe it is the same place because they have a place like in Compton where it's the exact same food that comes out of the same kitchen um, but it's a lower price because it's in a neighborhood that has a lower average salary. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, with every table is what they're called. Yeah, maybe you heard about them. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure. It sounds... It could be totally the same. It sounds same. pretty similar in philosophy. But, you know, with where we are like rent is going through the roof minimum wage is going through the roof and i just i do see you know people are going to food trucks or they're trying to figure out how can i compete with everyone else and they're coming up with original business concepts like one place we like to go to is it in sherman oaks it's called mcfarley's right yeah which we thought was genius because it's this big open restaurant but you can they have a they have a limited menu the all the food on the menu is amazing but you can only you can sit wherever you want but you can only order at the bar and then they give you like you know they give you a number and then a food runner brings it out so all they pay for is a cup like two bartenders and they have one food runner or like one busser and so they have this giant restaurant it's always packed but they're only paying like for, I mean, maybe five, I think there's one or probably one or two cooks in the back. I mean, it's a pretty limited menu, so you don't need many cooks. But, you know, it's one of the few affordable places I know of in the San Fernando Valley here, which is in Los Angeles. But they have good food, good drinks, and it's affordable. And it's, it, it's mainly because they don't have to pay out the ass for labor. So, I mean, it's just kind of interesting where people are going you know, with restaurant concepts, because there's always ways to innovate and there's always ways to compete no matter if the rent's going up or if minimum wage is going up. And, you know, people are making it work regardless. Yeah, I, I there's definitely a lot of innovation going on in those areas. Um, you know, people are going to, like, pop-up restaurants where they're only doing takeout or um, restaurants that are only open for breakfast and lunch, but they're closed two days a week. And these are the kind of things that are occurring to like whatever they can do. It was, it was unheard of, you know, a couple of years ago to be closed one day a week. But mm-hmm. now it's like common practice for new restaurants. Like, oh, we're not busy on a Monday. Like we're going to take Monday off. But that also seems toward this new trend where we're trying to give, um, they're trying to keep their employees. Mm-hmm. And so they're offering other benefits. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're, they're taking, trying to make people's lives better. And right. encouraging people to want to work there based on that as well. And that's how they're keeping employees. Well, and again, it's so regional because if you're here and you have to pay someone 15 bucks an hour, you want to keep them because to train someone else gets expensive. If I'm in another state where I can pay a tipped employee 3 $4 an hour. Yeah, but that's going away. Who cares what the turnover rate is because I can train someone, you know, well, I guess when you're training someone, it has to be the proper minimum wage. But yeah. still, you're not in the long run. There's well, not mean, much labor training to is, pay. Training is always expensive. It's always a way. It's like the number one priority on every, from a management perspective. It's like the one thing you focus on the 30, 60, 90. Either get, them, get rid of them in the first two weeks 
or keep them for 90 days. It's, it's, it's plain and simple. Um, you don't, you want as low as turnover as possible because it's a waste of money to train people. Um, and you know, so that's Which what a lot of employees has a historically high turnover rate. You know, it's people coming and going. They're usually, they got their eyes set on something else and working on the restaurant. It's just a way to keep, you know, pay the bills. I feel like that's a very, um, LA. I don't, I don't think that that's the case know. in a lot of other cities. Maybe I feel not. like, I feel like it's, I, I mean, I, I worked in Ohio for a while and it's not the case there. Not servers the case are servers. Okay. You know what I mean? Like servers are servers. That's what they do. Um, especially like in fine dining, like servers tend to be servers and then maybe have a side gig where they're doing something else, but they've yeah. been in this business long I mean, enough the only to like place I was a server was in Boulder, Colorado, which is a huge college town. Yeah. And so, so people are like, kids yeah, come and going, you know, so I've always experienced it as just a high turnover. Rate. It's actually like funny that you mentioned that because actually because of the minimum wage increase, a lot of employers are not hiring the younger employees anymore. Well, so, and let's, let's kind of finish it all off. Let's talk about the minimum wage and also how does that affect tipping or should it affect tipping? Because I don't, I haven't like totally made up my mind about this. So if, you know, if eventually the minimum wage here in LA is going to be $15 an hour, should I still have to tip 20%? Well, you live in LA. You know what it costs to rent, to buy, I, to no, eat. No, I, I know. Um, it's a different, it's a different game. But honestly, my opinion is, I wish they would just mind their own business. I, I don't want the minimum wage to go up for. You don't want it to go up. No, I'm sorry. Um, this whole thing where a bunch of people who are not in the industry and are not working um, in restaurants are, you know, increasing our minimum wage for our our. Well, I got news for you. I don't need your help, okay? I make plenty of freaking money. I make more than 90, or like probably 50% of the population in terms of like the no, amount of, no, I mean for the amount, it. no, for the amount of work. I go in for six hours, okay? I make two, like 150 to 250, sometimes 350 a, a day. Like yeah, you're, but you're telling working me in a that high I, end place. I, I get that, but I'm saying even when I was working in a lower income place, like I was still making way above what I needed, what I'm what I'm saying is that like this isn't just me. I looked it up. Like there is a whole movement of people saying, and if you ask most servers, most servers are like, no, I'm not talking about the serving job we work in right now where everybody thinks they owe everybody. Like, I know, but they are like attitude. there are some studies out there like those studies are done by these people. And I actually looked this up. There, there's very few examples of how is a high minimum wage impact impacting the service industry i mean i think one of them was san francisco where they're saying overall they're making more money with a higher minimum wage yeah but it depends on how it depends on how many people are affected by it i mean a lot of restaurants are closing down a lot Mm -hmm. a lot of restaurants are reinventing and making themselves self-service right so there's less serving jobs than there used to be Okay. Um, a lot of restaurants are taking the business and like making it so you have to tip the kitchen out, which I'm not opposed to tipping the kitchen out mm-hmm. by any means. Um, but I would rather just have them not pay me the money in the first place and just right. give it to the kitchen. It's mm. easier for me. Interesting. Um, okay. This comp- the, the people that are fighting for a minimal wage increase are these people. Oh, what's the name of the company? Um, Silent. Yeah, I just blanked. I'm Way sorry. Way to have your stuff ready, Stace. Oh, uh, well, I'm so sorry. Um, it doesn't well, matter. The I point mean, what, is, what is that... What you see here is minimum wage is going up, which means prices in restaurants are going up because owners have to compensate. So now I'm paying more for food than I used to. I'm paying a 10% tax here in LA, plus another... I mean, I'm pay, if I'm paying 20% tip, that's a 30, 30% upcharge on top of increasing food prices like is there a limit to where like is it just so integrated into our society that like if you get good service you get 20 percent the server gets 20 percent tip and that's just never going to go away or is there going to be a limit where people are like i'm paying out the ass for food i'm going to start tipping less or is it just kind of going to be all offset by these restaurants like using technology to cut down on labor to kind of keep the food costs down i mean i feel like it's just 
Like, we don't really know where this is going to go quite yet. Well, there's a couple different ways that it's going so far. So far, like in New York, they've uh, started eliminating tip for servers, and they're paying them. Um, actually, the most creative way I've actually seen is from Seattle, where they're eliminating tip, and they're actually taking a percentage, and they're automatically adding 20% on to the tip. Calling not it as, a service charge, They're right? not calling it a service charge. Not anymore? No, because the thing about service charges is that the government will, will not let you um, tip out the back of the house with that service charge unless the back of the house come and touch the table. So unless you work in okay. a restaurant where the kitchen can come and deliver the food, you're not going to get that tip going to the back of the house. Hmm. Now, with that being said, what they're doing is they're adding that tax on to each individual item as mm-hmm. a price increase. And okay. then they're taking that money and distributing it based on sales and doing it based on effort, basically, okay. from the staff. Um, and it's getting evenly distributed that way. Um, a lot of uh, research that's been done so far on that has been proving that that has been uh, cost effective and people are making similar money to what they were making before. Um, so, so that's kind interesting. of finding the loopholes. Kind of finding the loopholes, it, basically. Like doing a service charge um, but not doing a service yeah, charge. Yeah, because they don't want people to... People get angry when they see a service charge on there. And that's what yeah. we're finding with a lot of places. Is sure. that they see a service charge in there. It, it takes away their ability to say you're bad or you're good. Right. You know what I mean? And no. people want that. They want to be because able to come to a restaurant. it's integrated in our society yeah. like that. Yeah. And so if you take that from them, it's like basically like, it, it, I don't know. There used to be a 20% gratuity that you could right. add to parties of eight or more in California. And now you can't do that because people people were upset and they didn't want it to go on their check anymore. So, and people were constantly like, it was one thing went wrong. Like I want to take that off and I'll tip what I want. Right. Like that need to tip is, is essential. And a lot of Seattle places are actually finding that people are tipping on top of that regardless, but it's up to them. It's not a tip. Right. It's not a tip thing. Um, and then the, and then the entire restaurant is getting to kind of evolve in that sense where you're not getting the, the negativity that's going on right now between the back and the front of the house with, in terms of wages. Right. I mean, do you want to explain that a little more for people who don't know? Um, well, the back of the house feel very... Um, back of the house being the kitchen. The, the kitchen. Um, they feel very, um, you know, their wage is getting equalized with the servers. Um, you know, right, servers used to well, make like $8 it, yeah. an hour, you know, and, and they the made $13 an hour. 15, yeah. yeah. And, and now it's like slowly our wages are going so, up, yeah, but we're now, still getting yeah. the tips. And theirs aren't because they can't, the restaurants right. can't afford to pay them more if they're paying us more, which is totally totally unfair, which is why, again, why I'm against the whole thing um, and why I really feel like they should just mind their own business and let us do our way. Now, I'm not saying that I'm for places like Ohio that have like a $2.13 minimum wage Mm -hmm. because I don't think that's okay. But I think there's an extent and I feel like they're pushing it a little bit. Um, You know, LA bringing us up to $15 an hour. It's not helping us. It's hurting us because, again, it hurts our tips. What ends up happening is people are upset about the menu pricing increasing and it's they're tipping us less. So more is going to the restaurant and less is going to our pockets. And and supposedly the restaurant's tipping, you know, we're getting it back in salary, but I'm not feeling it. So um, Stacy is upset. I, I, I just think that sometimes the government like gets a little too involved, and this is one of those oh, areas. Oh, we're going into government. We're going into politics. Hold your horses. I'm not going there, but uh, um, regardless. I just To kind of close it out, I just think it's a really interesting time for restaurants in America because you, you, know, you have ever-changing and evolving business models. You also have more variety of food than ever before. You have... Uh, you know, people caring about where their food comes from, you know, bringing back old school stuff, putting a new twist on it. And then this whole thing with minimum wage, like what's going what's going to happen to tipping in America? Is it kind of going to be state by state, regional, just depending on the minimum wage? I mean, I just think there's a lot of things going on that didn't go on before. And it's just kind of going to be interesting to see where everything goes um by the way that name of that company that's like one of the biggest pushers on the fair wage is called rock it's restaurant opportunity center wait for for what was that it's called rock for restaurant it's the ones that are pushing like the minimum wage increases for states particularly in maine is the article that i was reading that i was reading but um yeah they're they're huge and um restaurant they're huge and actually servers created their own um 
logo in that area called it's like a lobbying group yeah and called restaurant workers of america and they're like advocating against this group interesting well it's gonna be interesting to see where it all goes um i do want to thank everyone for listening to us ramble about restaurants it is one of our passions besides movies and uh tv shows and whatever else we've talked about so far on this podcast um, would love to hear from you guys. If you want to hear us talk about something, you can email us. It's modernlifepod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at modernlifepod. We're on Instagram at modernlifepod. I mean, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you guys. And we do appreciate everyone out there that is listening. Stacy, thanks for joining me today. We did not have Tabby. She did not want to be on this podcast because she gets very upset with some of these restaurant topics she gets very passionate about it it's not that tabby (laughs) likes this is like her outlet for like um creative stuff creative stuff and to bring her work life into it like like depletes that creative energy from her and this is not for her something to like complain or talk about but like she's getting depleted (laughs) (laughs) i want to talk about (laughs) books and movies and Video games. We love you, Toby. We love you. Listen to this. (laughs) Um, Again, thanks for listening, guys, and we're gonna catch you soon with another episode of Modern Life.